Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. God is so good. What a great God we serve. Um, you know, we um, some of y'all that don't know me too well, I uh, just briefly wanted to tell you, you know, my story. I was a, a professional church pew warmer for 32 years, you know, every Sunday. I warmed up a church pew, and I went home the same as, as how I got there. And uh, when I was 32, somebody witnessed to me about what it meant to be a Christian. And I'm so thankful for that day Amen. because I was a bonehead. I didn't listen to a thing he said. I got mad at him because, see, his message did not match up with my brain and all the stuff I had in there. And uh, he didn't give up. You know, he prayed for me, he and his wife. You know, and six months later, Terry and I ended up at an altar in Texas in a big service. And Kenneth Copeland was doing the Sunday morning service, and uh, they had an altar call. And I had no idea what an altar call was. But I, I knew I was supposed to go up front, and I did. I answered that altar call. And for the very first time, I confessed Jesus with my heart. And I had peace for the first time in my life. You know, there's that old song that talks about looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, and that's what we do until we find Jesus. Amen. And I'm so forever thankful for that day. But it all started, you know, with a guy that worked for me actually witnessed to me. And so just a little background for those of you that um, don't know where I'm coming from. And, I, you know, I get emotional, and I've, I've left the jail many times in tears. Just thankful. You know, that God saved me and would, would call me to do anything for his kingdom. And, um, you know, God is so good. And uh, he, he loves us and he wants, to, wants us to, to follow his will in our life. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to get going here. I'm titled my message tonight is, Are We the 1% or the 99%? And um, let's go ahead and start. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to to share your good news, Father. And we just come as soft clay, Father. Just mold us into more what you want us to be, Father. Not what we want to be, but what you want us to be. We come ready to change, Father, where we need to change. And Father, we just thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Well, praise God. Well, a number of months back, I set a personal goal to, to start to witness to at least one person a day. And um, I don't know, three, four, five months ago, you know, time flies. And, you know, I've, up to that point in time, I've, I've been pretty faithful to witness, but, you know, there's nothing like goals. To, you know, if it's kind of like playing basketball. If you just run to one end of the court, there's no basket, and then you dribble back to the other end. And, you know, sometimes we do that in life, you know. And so set myself a goal, and, and uh, you know, some days better than others. You know, I witnessed to three people in an hour here a month or so back, and God just puts them in your path, and you're just like, man, thank you, Lord. And so, but, you know, as part of that goal, and, you know, it's become a habit. You know, when you do something for a while, it becomes a habit. And it's one of the things, if you take anything away today, I encourage you to just set yourself a goal in this area and, and develop a habit. But we were in Gatlinburg two or three weeks ago, Tyler and Shelby, and Shelby wanted to do the extreme rafting. 
that really involves a smaller raft that's top heavy that tips over easy. And there was the three of us. Terry was smart enough not to go. She just sat back at the place and hung out and relaxed. And so we, uh, we did the extreme rafting with three, two or three, four rapids. And so we had a fair amount of time, except for the time we went over and almost drowned. We had, we had a lot of time in the raft with the guide. And um, they all have nicknames. I don't know, anybody ever been whitewater rafting out there? They all have these names, you know. And I'd say it's probably a fairly wild crew. Say kind of the party crew, you know, they go and do that and they party all night and then they get up next day and do the same thing. And, and our guy's nickname was Rain. And, I, you know, I, in between some of the slower, those of you who haven't done it, like you've got some calm places and then you get, it really gets crazy and it's calm and so on. So in those calm times, you know, I witnessed to, to Rain about Jesus and he was probably 25-ish, I would say, in that range somewhere, young man from Kentucky. And... Um, you know, at, at the end of that, I said, Rain, you know, let me ask you something. You know, you see hundreds of people a year doing this, right? And I said, how many people talk to you about Jesus? And he said something to the effect of maybe 1% if that. And, um, you know, it made me a little sad. I got thinking about that. You know, it, as close as we are to the end times, right? And, you know, Jesus is coming back soon, right? I mean, could be tonight, tomorrow, whenever. But, I mean, he's coming back soon. And, and so, you know, at the very end, you kind of, you go dry off, and then we met the guide again, and, and I gave uh, Rain one of my tracks, and, it, and before I forget to mention, anybody that wants to take one with them, and I've got more I can do, but it's, if those of you aren't familiar with tracks, it's basically the gospel message, just very simplified, because sometimes people complicate the gospel. And so I gave him one of my tracks, and, and he was visibly shaking, and the Holy Spirit was working on him. You know, so I'm looking to, to hear the message that, that he got saved, you know, sometime in the future. And, you know, sometimes when you're um, an overachiever, I'm an engineer by, by my degree, you like to see the whole thing done, right? You know, witness to him, lead him to the Lord, baptize him, you know, disciple him and get him into the altar to be a pastor, right? And so I'm learning this patience thing, right? You know, and but... You know, it just, it, stuck, it stood with me how much, you know, the 1%, that when he said the 1% thing. And I'm, so I want to talk about the 1% or the 99 tonight. And, and the first point I want to make is God's will is for all mankind to be saved. And I want to read a few scriptures. Turn to 1 Timothy 2.4, if you would. Amen. Praise God. It took a little while to get there, but I, I got there eventually. And um, 1 Timothy 2.4, please. And it says, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. You know, so God's desire is for everyone to be saved, right? Now, we read a couple other script, similar scriptures, if you don't mind. You can just listen, and uh, Scott's going to put them up there for me. And Scott's amazing. Make sure, when, when you see Dustin, oh, Shelby's going to do it, actually, but under the direction of Scott, of course. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when you see Dustin, tell him what a great job Scott did when, when he was gone. Praise God. But um, God is good. So I want to read a couple. Second uh, Peter 3.9 in the Amplified says, The Lord does not delay as though he were unable to act and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is extraordinarily patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. And I think often about the heart of God. He, he wants everybody, everybody to be saved. Ezekiel 18.23 uh, 18, in the Living Bible says, Do you think 
I like to see the wicked die? Asked the Lord. Of course not. I only want him to turn from his wicked ways and live. And you know, uh, I witnessed to a guy at, a, I'll say, a hardware store to keep this uh, non-direct here. And uh, Martin was with me that day. And we witnessed to a guy there, and he, he said he wanted to be a fireman in hell. And um, it tore my heart out. I've been praying for that guy because there's no, not going to be any fires put out in hell. The un- unquenchable flames. And, uh, but, you know, we're either living for Jesus or we're living for the devil, and he's blinded from the truth. And I guess he was a volunteer fire department, and he thought that was funny, didn't he, Martine? And we told him, you know, you're not going to put any fire out there. And, um, but, you know, our heart has to be like God's heart. for the, He loves that man as much as anybody's ever created. And that's the heart that we have to have as we see these people. And sometimes in the natural, we think, man, that guy is messed up. Let me get out of here as fast as I can. But he just lost. He doesn't, he doesn't know Jesus. And uh, so I'm believing for him to come. And, you know, sometimes when we witness to people, you know, you're, you're ready for them to hit their knees. And, and, um, but maybe we're just planting a seed. We planted a seed that day. And I believe that seed's growing. And uh, somebody's going to water it and we're going to reap a harvest there for the kingdom. Daniel 12, 3 in the Amplified. Those who are spiritually wise will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. And those who lead many to righteousness, right, that's only in Jesus Christ. Those who lead many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. And this is just me. I don't, this is not the word of God, but I really believe there's a special place in heaven uh, for those people that lead a lot of people to Jesus. You know, we got these people on TV that they make millions of dollars telling you how great you are and how great God is. And that's true on half of that, right? God is great, but there's, there's also an obedient side of God. And they're making, they're making a lot of money because they don't preach correction or live in right or whatever. And, you know, this, is, this book has a balance to it, you know. And we have to live holy. And, and so, you know, praise God, it's all going to work out in the end. But, you know, I want to just, one more on this topic about God wants everybody to be saved. That Jesus said in Matthew, Luke twenty two forty two. you all remember this, Father, yet not my will but always yours be done. You know, and that's the heart that we should have, right? The Father's desires are the same as the Holy Spirit and Jesus. They're not different, right? And we're called, we're created in His image, right? So we should have that same desire for the lost, you know? And I know in the natural, I've done it myself. You see people say, man, those people are really messed up, you know? But you think about, they make powerful witnesses for Jesus when they turn their lives around. You know, there's a pastor down in Kentucky I met had on my podcast here about a year or so ago, I guess, and that was uh, in the Aryan Brotherhood in prison. He was running it from the prison. And you can't get much deeper than that. And, you know, got saved in uh, solitary confinement. Got tattoos all over from that life, you know, and he loved Jesus as much as anybody I've ever met. In one simple decision, he went from darkness to light. Yeah. You know, and that's the, that's the goodness of our God. You know, the second point I wanted to talk about is that uh, Jesus taught us to be fishers of men. It's the Great Commission, right, to reach the lost. And if you would turn to Matthew 4.19. Matthew 4.19, please. 
By the way, I, th I decided that they really shouldn't put the, in the bulletin who's preaching because some people like, I mean, Jill and Dustin just took vacation at the last minute when they saw <laughs> that I was preaching. And, and, and our own pastor left. And um, so, <laughs> praise God. No, I'm very honored, by the way, to, to fulfill the pulpit when pastor's out of town. I know um, I consider it an honor very much so. And we have such a good pastor and a good associate pastor. Praise God. We're blessed. You know, uh, you hear some of these guys preach and you wonder if they've ever read their Bible. Um, but um, we've got good pastors here. We're blessed. So Matthew 4, 19 and 20. I'm reading out of the New King James. And then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. 20. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And I think Oftentimes we just breeze over this, um, or maybe we just think it's just for the, the disciples, the apostles, whatever you know. But really, that's a call for all of us, you know, yeah. to be a fisher of men. And the Amplified Bible says, walking the same path of life and following his or Jesus' example. You know, I've been witnessing to a lady that cuts my hair for probably about a year now. Uh, we met them when Shelby was just little and her, her son, they played t-ball together. And so we've maintained a friendship uh, with her and her husband. And, um, and so I've been witnessing to her. You got a little time there when you're getting your hair cut, right? And by the way, the, I might have told this last time, I can't remember. My previous person that cut my hair fired me. So I take a lot of pride in, uh, I don't know if anybody people have gotten fired by their because the Holy Spirit was on me heavy to talk to her about Jesus. And she was just like me, a professional church pew armor. She had no idea who Jesus was. She just went to church. And so I witnessed to her strong. And she texted me that uh, I was no longer one of her customers. You know, and it's funny, but yet, you know, I could have sucked them and, and said, you know, wow, wow, wow. You know, my, I got fired by my lady that cuts my hair or whatever, you know. But, but when we do what God says, you know, and I was planting seeds, right? I did exactly what the Holy Spirit told me to do, but you can't control what people do, right? And so this is my new lady, and just pray for me that she will keep me as a patient or a customer. And, you know, but I've been witnessing to her pretty much every time I go there. And um, I won't say her name, but I said, yeah, so-and-so, um, how many people, you, you, you cut hundreds of people's hair every year, right? She said, how many people talk to you real serious about Jesus? She said, only you. And, you know, that made me sad because um, I thought about, you know, and, and she's got all these weird feelings about, you know, the earthly stuff you get about, well, if God is love, why does this happen? All this stuff that you think of the natural, right, without knowing Jesus. And, um, and so, but, you know, God put her, her in my path, you know, and um, we have to just do what God said and not, not look so much about, you know, when's this going to happen or when are they, when's she going to receive Jesus? And I told her, I said, I almost said her name. I'm so-and-so, you know, your best friend is here. Cause when, when you're gone, one way or the other, you're going to realize the people that loved you the most are the ones that talk to you about Jesus. I'm not saying we shouldn't do nice things for people and all that. We should. We should be kind and all that. But, you know, when we're all dead and gone, and I was thinking about as we were worshiping the Lord and didn't do a great job of leading praise and worship tonight. Um, D and that Abba song is just so anointed. Um, 
But as we were doing praise and worship, I was thinking about, you know, we're all walking down this path of life and everybody's going to get to a fork at some point in time when they take their last breath and they're either going to go right or left. And one of them has streets of gold. And one of them has gnawing and gnashing of teeth where the worm never dies. You know, and, and uh, a lot of this modern preaching, we don't want to talk about hell anymore. And I know it's the goodness of God, but people need to know that there's, a, there's an alternative. And the, the, the alternative is not a good place. And, you know, I've thought about, and I've done this on my podcast before, about, you know, what we all have friends and family that, are, that have gone on and passed away, right? And probably all of us have some of those friends and family that have gone to hell and some that have gone to heaven. But you ever think about what would they say to you and I if they could talk to us right now? You know, first of all, the ones in hell. I'm pretty sure they'd say, why did you not talk to me more seriously about what it means to be a Christian? Why did you let me just ignore what you said? Could you, could you not have spent a little bit more time? Could you not have worked a little harder to try to reach me for Jesus? And the ones in heaven, I think, would be saying, would you please go talk to so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, or our cousin, or, or whoever, my brother, or whatever it is, right? Because they're lost. And I want them to come to heaven. I want, I want them, and, and they would encourage us to live strong, and don't give up, and just keep on charging forward, pressing forward, right, to the very end. I don't know, maybe that's weird, but I just, I think about what those people would be saying. And those of you who have never um, heard me talk about before, I'd really highly recommend uh, watching a YouTube video called 23 Minutes in Hell. And uh, Bill Weiss, you know, God showed him hell for 23 minutes. And, you know, I think it's good just to think about that the majority of wor the world right now is that's where they're heading for an eternity. They're not going to get out ever. And so I think it's good to look at that and put things in perspective that way. Uh, I'm going to read a couple more scriptures re regarding the Fishers of Men and Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 18, um, 12 through 14, the Amplified. This is Jesus speaking. What do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, will he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go in search of the one that is lost? 13, and if it turns out that he finds it, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, he rejoices over it more than over the 99 that did not get lost. 14, so it is... So it is not the will of your father who is in heaven that one of these little ones be lost. And, you know, I think our personality, human nature wise, you know, it's easy to hang out in here amongst fellow believers and all that. And, and you know, it's so easy to forget about um, the loss that walk by this church every day or maybe at our work, you know. Our workplaces, and I want to encourage us all, whatever level of witnessing you're at tonight, I want I encourage you just to pick it up because we're in the very last of the last days, and um, you know we need to have this heart that the chase that one lost one over the 99, and obviously more like the ratio should be kind of like the 90 or 95 versus the five in church or whatever, right? And by the way, um, I hope you're born again and here going to heaven. Because I warmed up a church pew for 32 years. And I'm not deceived enough to think because you're sitting here tonight in a church pew that you're going to heaven. In fact, one of the most powerful things the Holy Spirit's ever told me, I'll never forget this day. He said, son, he said, you've never been to a church service yet where everybody there is going to heaven. 
And that hit me so hard because that was me. I was going to church, warming up at church. I, never, I don't ever remember missing church once in 32 years growing up. I could get hammered on Saturday night. And I, would have, I was at church on Sunday morning. I was doing the best I could do, you know, being a religious person and, and uh, what I knew to do, right? And so, you know, if you're one of those in here tonight that you've just been playing church, you need to, you need to give your heart to Jesus. Because, you know, one of the things that really is sad is you, you meet a lot of nice people out there, you know, but if they're not born again, they're not going to heaven. That's what the Bible teaches us, right? And so it's really sad for the real nice people, you know, that, but we got to be born again. And if you're in here tonight and you don't have to come up tonight, you can. We'll lead you to Jesus. It'll be the best decision you've ever made. And, um, but, you know, it's not about warming up a church. We should be here to get discipled and we get fed here. But um, that in itself, of itself does not make us a Christian, right? Uh, where was I? Which scripture did I do, Scott? 18, Matthew 18? Okay. Um, how about uh, Matthew 10.32? One of my favorite scriptures, actually, in the whole Bible. Now I'm going to read the New Life Version. Whoever makes me known in front of men, I will make him known to my Father in heaven. In a couple of translations, whoever confesses me before men, I'll confess him before my Father in heaven. I love this scripture because, you know, in my heart, I hear the Holy Spirit saying that's a continuous process. It's not just like you tell somebody, about, you go up to the altar and you confess Jesus one time. I did it before men, and then you just go live your life, right? This is a continual process. And this is part of witnessing. We're confessing Jesus before men. And the devil will tell you that your testimony is not powerful. You know, you'll hear other people's testimony and you think, man, my testimony is boring. You know, but no, it's not. It's real. And that's how you gave your heart and you can share that with others. How'd you come to Jesus? And so, and that's the power of the body of Christ, right? They can hear my testimony. And some of y'all probably can't believe this, that I would do something like this. But we used to go out drinking a lot. That was part of our denomination. We were professional drinkers. And so we would get these things called rumplements. Uh, they were called Statue of Liberties. Anything 100 proof or above will burn, for those of you who don't know. So you get your shot glass. You dip your fingers in your shot glass. One of your friends lights your fingers on fire. You do the shot, and you blow your fingers out. It's called Statue of Liberties, right? I'm doing those on Saturday night, and on Sunday I'm at church, and I was a deacon of the church doing the readings on some of the Sundays. Y'all wanted to call people hypocrites in church. I think they probably had my picture next to that, right? But, you know, we're supposed to be confessing Jesus wherever we go. And uh, we uh, met another hardware store guy the other day. Were you with me, Tyler? Tyler and Shelby were with me. And, um, you know, I was doing my goal and... and uh, and asked this guy, hey, do you, do you know Jesus? He said, Jesus appeared to me. And so we went back and did our thing on the way back. I said, hey, can you share with me what happened to you? He said, I was in a very horrible motorcycle accident. And he said, in the hospital, Jesus appeared to me. But yet he's never given his heart to Jesus. I don't think he's given even much thought to it. But he remembers that. Can you, can you imagine how powerful that would be if you had that happen to you? I said, Jesus was trying to reach you right there in the hospital. And so I gave one of my tracks and said, hey, you know, let's get together and let's talk sometime soon because Jesus is coming back soon and he wants you to be with him. Um, something about hardware stores. Sam, hardware stores are good, aren't they? We, all of us mentioned spend a lot of time at hardware stores and always buy a new tool when you're there because you never know when you might need a new tool, you know, at home to fix something. Come on, guys. Get an amen for that one. Amen. Praise God. Um, so in Matthew 5, 15, and 16 in the Living Bible, 
Jesus said, don't hide your light. Let it shine for all. Let your good deeds glow for all to see so that they will praise your heavenly father. And really part of witnessing is just, is just showing our light. You know, people should not have to wonder, you know, is so-and-so a Christian? There was one even in my notes, Holy Spirit put this on my heart. You know, I was blessed to get an award for work here, I don't know, a month or so ago. We give out these awards to the top, I mean, a half percent of the people. And I was blessed to get another one. It's just all God. You know, I'm blessed in my job. And, but I took two-thirds of my talk to talk about Jesus. That was my time up there accepting my award. There's about 100 people out there. And, um, you know, a lot of people didn't talk to me after the talk because they were freaked out. <laughs> but they heard. I said, you're not going to go to church. You're not going to go to heaven sitting in a church pew somewhere. You've got to be born again. Amen. And Jesus is coming back soon. But that was my time on the podium, and nobody drug me off, and HR hasn't called yet. So, <laughs> praise God. I think I'm good to go. But, um, you know, it's, it, we have to take these opportunities and seize these moments. So I had people come up to me afterwards. Other people that got awards says, I wanted to talk about Jesus too, but I just couldn't do it. And that's where it comes in about priorities again, right? Is it, was, is it a priority for us? My third uh, point in my note on here is the Holy Spirit works with us. We all know that. And the power of the Holy Spirit, in part, is given to us to witness to the lost. If you would turn to Mark uh, chapter 16, one of my favorite chapters also. Mark, that's a good one. But I love this. I have a lot of favorite. Everybody have a lot of favorite verses like me? That's my favorite. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. Um, but Mark chapter 16 and I want to read verses 15 and 16. And he said to them, this is in red, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I don't know why we complicate this so much. We're called to go to the whole world. And our world might be Evansville or, you know, Henderson. Um, they need extra prayer in Henderson. Um, I'm just teasing. That's a good place. But, you know, wherever your world is, we're, we're to preach the gospel. That's to share Jesus, the good news, right? With every creature at 16, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And that's the hell part of the discussion again. Yeah, you got, you got door A and door B. And we all have to choose, right, which way we're going to end up. And I love verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. Notice they went out. They didn't sit in their prayer closet. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord, and by the way, I'm not against prayer clauses. This is, this is, uh, this is the balance of the Bible, right? We've got to spend time on our, so we know how to, how to reach people. We've got to know how to pray for people, whatever, right? But, but they went out and they preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. You know, the Holy Spirit is working with us. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, balance problems in the body of Christ nowadays. People get in the ditches in one way or the other, right? Some people think they're doing everything, and some people think God's doing everything. No, he works with us if we're willing to work with him, right? He's looking for people to sign up and say, hey, pick me. I want to work with you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to read John 14, 15 and 16 in New King James. 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. 16, and I will pray the Father. He will give you another helper, and he may abide with you forever. So the Holy Spirit's our helper, and we're his helper. That's what working together is, right? So, so we have to work with him. You know, and I thought about, I witnessed to an atheist in Jasper. I don't know, maybe there's, I don't know there's a lot of atheists in Jasper or not, but anyhow, the one particular one I came across was very proud to tell me he was an atheist. And 
you know, the part about working with the Holy Spirit is he'll give you things to say. So he was not, I would say he was like, he wasn't rude, he wasn't kind, he was kind of in between, very matter of fact, you know. And um, by the way, this is the importance, too, of, of looking like a Christian, right? You know, if you got all sorts of weird stuff going on or whatever, and God will accept you, whatever, but Christians should look different than the world. We should be hanging out at the bars, doing Statue of Liberties, right? In my mind, we shouldn't be getting uh, all tattered up and pierced everywhere and all that. I don't see anything in the Bible that, that supports any of that, right? That's just the flesh. We're supposed to be different. You know, if I would have got witness to it, and he said, hey, come live like me. Come be a Christian. and Let's go drink. And let's go pinch. And let's go run around. I'm like, how's that any different? You know, right? We're called out of that. We're called out of that darkness into the light. I wasn't even in my notes. But anyhow, so this atheist in Jasper, and so at the very end of the conversation, the Holy Spirit gave me this. I said, you know, Jesus is like gravity. You can't see him, but he's real. And I never said that before, but I'm assuming this guy maybe liked gravity, studied gravity or whatever. I don't, I don't need to know, right? But I thought that was, but, but the Holy Spirit will work if we just go and do something, right? If we take a step out and we just go, he'll, he'll, he'll help us. And you won't even know why you said some of the stuff you said because he's working with us, right? So I just want to encourage you, if you've, if you've had a hard time in that area, he's going he's gonna to be there and he's going to help you. Acts 1.8, I love, and the Amplified says, but, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses to tell people about me, both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the ends of the earth. So part of the reason for that power is to witness, to tell people about Jesus, right? Because the world's real bold. I had a conversation today on the way here to church, in fact, about, I'll just say, support, supporting a sporting team. And, you know, the world, if you don't celebrate all the weird stuff, then they write about you in the paper and they put nasty stuff about you and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I explained that, hey, I'm supporting the program. I want you to know, as a Christian... It's very offensive to the Lord to some of the stuff that you guys support in these ball games. And I want you to know that because Jesus is coming back soon. And the, 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 the world is loud and obnoxious. And as Christians, sometimes we're too mealy mouthed and we don't tell Pastor Jerry, you talked about that one time, right? We don't have to be rude about it. But I want to make sure she understood when you're making decisions on some of this stuff, I want you to understand the other side of this thing, right? This is offensive to Christians. It's offensive to God. Offensive to God. Right, because he he defined male, female, and he defined marriage. Right, you can you know. By the way, if you want to figure out what you should do in your life, take a poll and do the opposite. You'll be right about ninety nine percent of the time. Come on, right? The world wants to slaughter babies. I mean, I can't hardly sing that one song about when you when you talk about while you were sung to sleep by philosophies to save the trees and kill the children. That's the country we're in. People care about trees more than they do babies. Very precious in God's sight. And they'll slaughter that baby in a heart's moment, and they'll fight you about why they could do it, because of selfishness, because they don't know Jesus. And even churches, large, large denominational churches, supporting that stuff. They don't even know what marriage is anymore. All they got to do is read their Bible. right? It's not that we, we, don't, we don't love people. Of course we love people, but we want to love them out of that sin. right? We're called out of that darkness. And I'm sorry if that was too straight for some of y'all, but the truth is the truth. We've got to live holy in these last days because the devil is stealing, killing, and destroying at record levels. Right? He's destroying people uh, all the time. And so the Holy Spirit wants to work with us.
And so he, we've got the power to do that. We have to have some urgency in witnessing, in my mind. Romans 13, 11 in the Amplified says, Do this knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. I like that. We're in a place in the church of spiritual complacency. Hey, I'm good to go. Um, um, you know, it's all good. I'm good to go. And um, I've got my life. I'm saved. I go into heaven. Can I humbly say that is the ultimate example of selfishness? And those of you who haven't heard me preach, but I'm pretty blunt. Sorry. Um, but, you know, in jail, um, I love preaching in the jail because those guys like it. They're used to hearing it straight. They love it. Just tell them like it is. Right. Just be real straight. And they like it that way. But, you know, we got to quit being mealy mouth about the, the word of God and the things of God, because God is he's not a, he's not fond of sin. He hates sin. But yet we have churches that promote it on their signs in front of the church. Come sin with us. Basically, what their sign says, right? But Jesus come back for a holy church. And it'll be a sad day, by the way. And, I, and my heart's heavy for these people sitting in these churches that don't know Jesus. Okay, when Jesus comes, they're going to wonder what happened. They're going to be sitting there the next Sunday again wondering what happened. And my prayer, and the, and the pastors in a lot of these churches. And my heart's heavy. I just pray they repent and come to Jesus because he's waiting for them. He's not mad at them. He, he loves them. He wants them to come back to them, right? And so... You know, in, in, in Romans 13, 11, it talks about that, that we're, we're in this time of complacency, but it's a critical time. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Christ. And, you know, I have a, I have a ministry, my ministry bag, I have a spray bottle. I think I've done that in the past year at church where I spray that spray bottle. And, and James talks about that mist. And I think about we're just in that mist of time, folks, right? And I compare it to the ocean. If you stand in front of the ocean and spray that little mist in there, how many of those is it going to take to fill up just that section of ocean? That's just the beginning of eternity, right? And we get all caught up sometimes in this little time we call life. And I guess my perspective, sometimes I look at it a little bit differently. And I'm a big fan of the Deuteronomy 28. We've been, we got all those blessings that are promised to us. But are those our priority or sharing Jesus? Because this life's going to go pretty fast. And if we got an extra boat, car, nice house, whatever, we're not taking it with us. But we are taking with us the people that we witness to that receive Jesus and come to heaven with us for eternity. And so I think sometimes we need to prioritize things. I'm a big fan again. God's blessed me financially. I'm a tither. I believe in it. I believe in all the things that we're talking about that God will bless us with. But it's a matter of our hearts sometimes. If we got enough time, right, to take time to do all these things for ourselves, do we have enough time to go out and take some time to be uncomfortable and share Jesus with people? You know, and only you can answer that question, right? We all have to choose individually um, if we're going to do that or not. But, you know, I've been, you're looking at somebody that's been witnessed to one time in almost 62 years. You know, because when I'm out and about in life, they don't know if I'm saved or not. You all can be, well, you all know me, but somebody from another church can be coming, hey, do you know Jesus? By the way, the only time I've ever got any grief on my track was from a religious guy from Owensboro. He said, our church doesn't give out tracks. So I said, okay. okay. <laughs> All right, don't, don't give me it back then. <laughs> Funny. Religious. Religion, you know, does not get us anywhere. It's Jesus, you know. And, and so, you know, but I, I, you know, I got emotional before I do. I think about it a lot of times. I, well, what if Rick never witnessed to me? You know, what if one of you were Rick? Would you have witnessed to me? Or would you say, nah, he's got a real strong personality. He might punch me. Um, I'm not as bad as Sam, but Sam would have punched you for sure. 
But um, no, I love you, Sam. <laughs> Not anymore. But uh, we grew up similar, you know. And um, but you know, you know, I, one of the things I thought about many times too is if if you were to witness to yourself, you were lost, you know, and you could do this hypothetically. How much effort would you make to save yourself? Would you just drop a track on the doorway and run, you know, and, okay, I did my part. But, you know, think about that. How much effort would you want somebody to give to save you, to witness to you? And I understand I'm going to get to this little bit about the Holy Spirit. I'm going to jump there right now, in fact. The great excuse, I call it. The Holy Spirit is drawing people. And he is. I totally agree. John 16, 8, and many other places, right, is, is, that, that he's, he draws people. But if you think about the heart of God, we have to take the Bible in context, right? So you think about the heart of God, his will is for everybody to be saved. So from what I've seen, he's drawing people all the time. Now, I do get the stop sign sometimes. Y'all probably gotten that before. Like, your Lord's like, no, this person, they are not ready. It's like casting your pearls before swine. But we use that excuse, I think, as a body of Christ all the time. Well, the Holy Spirit's got to draw. Okay, back to my prayer closet. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm reading the Bible. You know, but I really believe from, from my experience when the Holy Spirit has shown me, there's very few times I've ever gotten, gotten the stop sign. And what if we missed it and ran right through it, which is probably common for a guy like me. So you share the gospel, he calls you names, and you're like, okay, right? Is that really that bad if you miss the Lord and you charge you the stop sign? Now, I'm also a big believer in that, God, there's ones that are ready to harvest, and I pray, Lord, point the ones out that are, that are ready to harvest. Now, maybe you're better at discernment in that area than I am. But I don't, I don't get a lot back on that one. But I, I get very few stop signs. And I know what the Word of God says to, to, to preach the gospel to the whole entire world. Yeah. Right? So unless I get a stop sign or I run through it, um, then I just go and I share Jesus. Right? And it, is it really going to be that much of a big deal, right, if we miss it? I want to read about uh, Rahab. I like this one. James 2, 25 and 26. In the same way, Rahab, the prostitute, not justified by works too, when she received the Hebrew spies as guests and protected them and sent them away to escape by a different route. 26. For just as the human body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works of obedience is also dead. The Holy Spirit is looking for people to work with. Are we a 1% or are we a 99%? You know, when I got witness to, the Holy Spirit worked with Rick to talk to me. The Holy Spirit didn't do it. He worked with Rick. And Rick prayed about an hour and a half on the drive back from Noblesville just to get the courage up to actually open his mouth to preach to me. And then I got mad. He said something about my church that I didn't agree with. Sucked my thumb and then, but thank God he prayed for me. And everything turned around six months later. But... You know, the, the, we have to work with the Holy Spirit. I hope I got that point across because I think that's one of the biggest areas in the church we just totally miss. And we think the Holy Spirit's going to do everything. He's going to go knock on their door. He's going to share Jesus with them. And he's going to say, if you have any questions, call me. I'll be in heaven. Actually, he's here. right? He's in you. He's in me. Right? If you're born again, he's already with you. So we just got to take advantage of the fact that he's already there working with us. Uh, my fourth point is the apostles and disciples set the example for us in reaching the lost. I think a lot of times we go through the gospel message or whatever, we miss a lot about 
They spent a whole lot of their time reaching people for Jesus. Yeah, they, they were discipling. Because, but how are we going to disciple people if we don't first get converts? Now, can, I, can I say something real blunt about if you want to do a checkup on yourself? You all handle this the Wednesday night crowd, right? Can you all handle it? One of the ways you can test yourself is who's in our church because of you. Besides your family. Who is in our church because of you? Because I'm not, I'm not, on the same token, I'm not a church recruiter. I tell those guys in jail, I'm recruiting you for the kingdom of God. You pray about where God wants you to go to jail. Or, not jail. To church, right? They're already in jail. And so, but I also, at the same token, when the Holy Spirit prompts me, like he did Sam and Ellen, then I invited them. I, I said, I really believe the Lord, you know, wants you guys to be in part of our family. And I'm so blessed. To, to hit, I love you guys. And so, and then again, it's back to the Holy Spirit again. He'll show you, right? But um, there should be certain percentage of the people you witness to that end up coming to our church. That, and these, uh, Our church should be full. We should be looking for our next building right now. Come on, we, we, we should be outgrowing this thing, right? You know, we can't make the excuses, well, people aren't coming to church anymore or whatever, right? Because God doesn't like excuses. So let's all keep inviting people, right, and keep loving on people. And when the people do come that are new, love on people. Right. Um, and welcome them. Make them feel home here at home. Right. Because that's what the body of Christ does. Boy, that one. I really beat that one good, didn't I? Sorry about that one. Um, the apostles and disciples are set the example for us to reach the lost. Romans 15, 20 and 21. I'm just going to read the rest of these because we've got a time basis here. Accordingly, I set a goal to preach the gospel. If you don't remember anything else tonight, I just encourage it. Set a goal. Maybe you don't want to set a goal for one person a day. Uh, maybe you want to do one person a week. Maybe one a decade. Um, you know, don't, don't get, stress yourself too much. But I like once a day because I think habits, right? If you do something every other week or whatever, you know, it's hard to get in the habit of it, you know? And, um, but then you can't get so legalistic where like, you have a crazy work day. Like, I didn't want to see anybody today. And you go tackle the person in the front yard or whatever, you know, and you know, so I think we need to make sure we balance that because God understands. Um, but set yourself a goal. Um, so again, Romans 15, 20. Accordingly, I set a goal to preach the gospel. Not where Christ's name was already known. And I, I, I say pause like in church, right? Which is, okay, we're sharing the gospel. We're, we're building disciples here so that I would not build on another man's foundation. 21, but instead... I would act on this goal as it is written in Scripture. They who had no news of him shall see, and they who have not heard of him shall understand. You know, I sat next to a young lady at a ball game here a while back. And again, I'm trying to keep this so I don't offend anybody or, you know, uh, cause anybody to, you know, know who I'm talking about necessarily. But I'd say I'm at a ball game, and this young lady sitting next to me is about 10 years old. Sweetest little thing. And guess what I did? I talked to her about Jesus. And you know, it just tears my heart off still. She'd never heard of Jesus. In the United States of America, in Evansville, Indiana, she never even heard of Jesus. And so that tells me that we're kind of dropping the ball and talking to people about She should have heard somebody about Jesus already, right? Ten years old, never heard of Jesus. So I'm guessing her parents don't talk about it, or maybe they don't know Jesus either, right? And that's on, that's on my to-do list also. But think about that, 10 years old. And, you know, 
Y'all remember I had that hypothetical town I did, I think the last time I preached a time before, and um, I'm an engineer, so I like numbers. So I made this hypothetical town, 100,000 people, kind of like Evansville, and 20,000 are Christians. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that story? Um, and so if 20,000 Christians witness once a day, in this case to that hypothetical 80,000 people that are lost, some of those are going to church, right? They don't know Jesus still. So those 20,000 people every day witness to one person. You know how many times those 80,000 people have been witnessed to in 10 years? Over 900 times. Now imagine the people we know are neighbors and people that are lost that don't go to church, don't know Jesus. If somebody had talked to them 900 times plus in the last 10 years, you think they might be interested in maybe learning a little bit more about Jesus? Just by human nature. But you're talking to somebody once in 62 years almost. So where, where, where is the church in sharing Jesus? I know this is really straight. I apologize, but I think we need this. Because we have, to, we have to love people enough to care where they end up for eternity. And, you know, I can tell you the more you do it, um, the easier it gets. Um, because the Lord's working with us. And you start realizing, is it any big deal to say, hello? You know, do you know Jesus? And um, I haven't, I've only run into, you know, two somewhat negative people in the last number of months of doing that. Because the, uh, the, the, the devil was trying to say, oh, man, these people are going to really, they're going to say ugly things about you. Now, if you're ugly to them, they should say ugly things to you. Right? Because none of this works without love, right? I've tried that before, by the way. So let's sprinkle the love that's already inside of us, right? It's already in there. It's, it's in us, so we just, have to, we just have to let that come out of us. Romans 10, 13, and 14, the contemporary English Bible. 13, all who call out to the Lord will be saved. 14, how can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they've never heard about Him? And we think it's the church's job. We think it's Pastor Chuck's job and Pastor Mark's job. Drag them in the church. It's supposed to be... Have you all noticed that sometimes people don't come? Have you invited them a lot of times? So you share the gospel with them. They don't know Pastor Mark or Pastor Chuck anyway. They know you. You have the relationship. I have the relationship with them. If you built, if you've been kind to them and all that, they're going to listen to you more than they are going to listen to Pastor Chuck and Pastor Mark anyway. Now, yeah, once they get born again, they need a church, plug them in, they'll grow up in Christ, right? But that's our job. In my mind, that's our responsibility to go share Jesus with those people that are, that are lost, right? But if they have never heard about him, how, how, can, let's see, how can people have faith in the Lord and ask him to save them if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Right? That's us. Now, witness to a co-worker. Did you all tell I got lots of witnessing stories and money, many, many more, but witness to a co-worker recently. And, you know, I've been, I, this, it, it just amazes me as I ask them how many people would talk to you. I said, how many people in your friends or family have seriously talked to you about Jesus? She said, only you. And frankly, I'm getting tired of hearing the same answer to that question. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you, we should not, any one of us should not be able to go out there and keep running into people and say, nobody ever talked to me about Jesus. Right? Because we're not, we're not doing what God called us to do if, if people keep saying that over and over and over again to us, right? And um, so I know this is heavy, but I think we need it as a church. We got, we got, we got a little, we're in overtime. I, like a, I think Pastor Mark talked about, a minister talked about we're in like overtime, 
right? I mean, we're in, we're in extra time here, right? Like in soccer, right? We got extra, we're in like the last, the extra period, right? And then Jesus is coming back. And, you know, there's not going to be any do-overs for anybody, right? And that's why if you're one of those in here who doesn't know Jesus, I would wait till tomorrow. You know, come up after the service and, and Pastor Chuck and Pastor Jerry, we'll, we're happy to pray with you and lead you to Jesus. It's just a decision. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. I confessed my mouth and believed in my head for 32 years. I can tell you that won't get you anywhere. I could say those prayers upside down, inside, over and over again. And I knelt next to my bed, got sore knees. All for nothing. Right? <laughs> Come on. All right, a couple more I want to read through here. 1 Peter 3.15, But in your heart set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging Him, giving Him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. Don't forget the gentleness and respect part. But how are they going to ask you for a logical defense if they don't even know you love Jesus? You had to tell them in the first place. They say, why do you believe that way? Right? So then you're going to give a defense. The same like Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant. Same thing. Seasoned with salt so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. And don't let the devil say, well, you don't know enough yet. Hey, I love Jesus and I'm going to heaven. I'm, he gave me peace. Right? It doesn't have to be that complicated. Right? They don't even know Jesus. So you know way more than they do. Right? 1 Corinthians 9.22 in the living. When I am with those whose consciences bother them easily, I don't act as though I know it all. And don't say they are foolish. The result is that they are willing to let me help them. Yes, whatever a person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. Isn't that good? I think if any of us do and we make people um, feel low or stupid, we should can we bring it to the altar and beat you with a wet noodle on the Sunday service, right? We shouldn't do that, right? We should find common ground. Like, like it's, you know, you just have, we have to sh share this with love, right? And, um, you know, and if you've messed up in the past like I have, you're like, okay, man, I blew that one. You repent and you move on, right? And then one of the other 900 times in those 10 years and somebody else is going to do a better job than you did, right? Or I did. Galatians, um, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Colossians 128, easy to read. So we continue to tell people about Christ. I'm going to stop there. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. We should continue to do this over and over and over until Jesus comes back. Galatians 6, 9, in the Amplified. Let us not grow worry, weary or become discouraged in doing good, for at proper time we will reap if we do not give in. In, in, in my humble opinion, I think the most important for, thing for us to reap ever is souls. Because our natural stuff, and again, I'm a big fan of the blessings of the Lord. I, don't get me wrong. I believe all that. But there's nothing like, I, that's why I left, I've left the tears in jail so many times. I haven't been blessed to lead hundreds of people to Jesus. And people will say, well, how many were serious? I don't know. That's not my part. But I could tell you, I've seen many, many times, many men weep at the altar. Because when you give your life to Jesus, something changes. Because peace comes into you. And love comes into you. And, it, and joy comes into you. And so, um, there's, there's no greater blessing than leading people to Jesus. It's an incredible honor. And I wanted to say tonight that I'm not special. You all probably could do it better than I can. 
But the whole thing is, is we just have to choose, right? And I, and I look at my life. I don't know how you motivate yourself. I look at my life. I, I, look at, I wasted 32 years of my life living for the devil. I am not going to waste the rest of my life. I'm going to reach as many people as I can working with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to reach as many as I can till the very last day because I believe that's what we're called to do. And, you know, Isaiah 43.10a in the New King James, you are my witnesses, says the Lord. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God, that is his remarkable, overwhelming gift of grace to believers, is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, I was studying for this message. This went off my spirit. This is another way for me to share Jesus. You know, if I were to meet Tej at the store or something, I know Tej is born again, but, you know, I can say, Tej, good to meet you. Have you received your free gift? Everybody wants a free gift, right? Right? And you can share this scripture. There's so many ways that you can share Jesus, and there's not a right or wrong way. Sometimes I just ask them where they go to, ch- you know, where do you go to church? Because, you know, if they're not going to church, which is the majority of people, that's a good hint, indicator, although there's a lot of rebellious people out there because they don't want to tithe and, uh, they don't want to go to church, and they, they, they love their money more than they love their church. But, um, well, that was straight, wasn't it? Um, but anyhow, you know, if they, if they don't go to church, there's a good chance they don't know Jesus, right? So I, I, I'll, sometimes I'll ask people that. It's a good start, uh, conversation start or whatever, you know. But, um, hey, there's a free gift. Have you got your free gift? First Peter 2.9 in the Amplified. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies, the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfections of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we're proclaiming what God did for us. You know, uh, um, last thing, story, I got a couple of scriptures that we're going to wrap it up. What time goes so fast? I witnessed um, to a lady probably 10, 15 years ago in jail. And I think she was on suicide watch on one of those cameras and she gave her heart to Jesus. And doing great by the way and she called out of the blue a year or so ago and said hey my neighbor her son is in jail would you go see him and so i said sure and so this is the part of the seed thing and the time seed time harvest right and and so i went there to the work county jail there's a lot of uh, you know stuff going on in the work county you gotta be careful of a lot of shifty things going on over there um <laughs> So he's in the Warwick County Jail. And, um, but, you know, I was able to lead this young man to Jesus, and I never even knew him. And I didn't know his mom either. I just knew somebody I talked to 10 years ago about Jesus that knew I would go. And I can tell you what, I had a long day of that day. I did not want to go. I was worn out. And my flesh said, go home, kick your legs up in the lazy boy, and just take a nap. Somebody else can go talk to this guy. I don't even know him. I don't know his mama. Right? But there's something about obedience, and God will work through it, and he will help you in those times when your body's saying, I'm worn out. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for salvation. I'm going to stop there. I, you know, I believe the number one thing in the gospel, the good news, is salvation. We, we can't, you know, the blessings come after that, right? We can't, we can't have any of the blessings unless we get saved. And so we gotta, we got to help people find Jesus. Philippians 4.13, I like, I can do all things which he has called me to do through his 
through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. We have to quit saying I can't do it. Because if we're born again, the greater ones inside of you can do it. I mean, read about Moses if you think he can't do it. He can do anything. He couldn't even string two words together hardly, right? But look what he did. Let his people. And so you can do it too. The most shy person in here, you can lead. And you might do a way better job than me because sometimes I'm loud and obnoxious. I don't know if you all have ever noticed that or not. But um, thank, thank you for not saying yes, amen. Um, and last scripture I had written down here. And you can get these scriptures from Scott if you want to meditate on any of these and, and witnessing whatever. But Deuteronomy 31.6 in the Amplified. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or tremble and dread before them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you or abandon you. The Holy Spirit is with us every time we go somewhere. And he's helping. He's, he's prompting you. And I believe, I, I believe this. I think the Holy Spirit will ask and ask and ask us in this area and then eventually just quits. Because he knows you're not, gonna, he's, you're not obeying him. Right? So if you're wondering, well, I haven't heard from the Holy Spirit to go witness to anybody. Um, and I'm going to lay these uh, tracks up here for anybody that wants it, grab one after the service or whatever. But, you know, I, I think he might speak to you on things you listen to. Maybe you're a good giver. And this is just part of the gospel, right? I think it's a very important part. But maybe you're a good giver, and God tells you, hey, go give somebody to so-and-so. That's, that's, that's obedience, right? But in this area of witnessing, I believe the Holy Spirit quits talking to the majority of the church because most of the people are not doing any of it anyway. He's like, they're not going to listen to me in that area, so why am I going to talk to them about it in their prayer closet? Now, if you go talk to him now tonight, if you're one of those, you say, Lord, I repent. I haven't done the Great Commission. Or I've been not so good at it. And I want you to start helping me. I'm going to start working with you. I'm walking. I'm stepping out by faith. And I'm going to go start talking to some people about Jesus. And, and I, I believe you'll see, you'll see things happen in a, great, in a great way. And I'm happy to talk to you anytime. I'm not, I'm not an expert at it. I just do it over and over and over again. And the more you do it, the better you get. Kenny, I mean, you've been doing this for years. You know, nobody's ever shot at you, Kenny, right? I don't think. Well, if you have, don't tell anybody about that. We're just trying to encourage him, Kenny. But, you know, you just, you just, you just got to do it over and over. And as you do it, it's like anything else. The more you do it, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. And I'd love to hear you up here next time talking about, hey, Greg, that's, that's pretty lame. One a day, I'm doing seven a day. I'd love to hear that. I love, I'm a competitive person. I love that kind of thing. So I'd love to hear you come up here and, and tell me about that. And that's the power really about coming to a good church like this. You know, when I got saved, I was going to my old church for a while. I had no idea what to do. And I just prayed, Lord, send me to the church you want me to be in. Not the one that's got the shortest service or it's the closest to the neighborhood. And he sent me to Pastor Mark. And so we get the word of God here. We get meat here, right? And, um, but part of what motivated me was to see people in the church that were like, you know, sometimes you can go to a church like, man, I don't ever read my Bible. And I'm like one of the most holy people here. Right. <laughs> Gee, these people are dead. Right. And when I came here, I got motivated. I, you know, when you talk to Kenny first coming in the door, you're like, my gosh, I could never be like this. <laughs> right. But that motivated me, Kenny. I, I'm think, I think about that when I, when I met Kenny, when he, one of the first people I met when I came in the door, when that, we were over there in Newburgh at that old gas station area. Right. And Kenny, I th- he never talked, he never shut up talking about Jesus. But I said, Kenny, you turned me into one of you. 
You know, as you get older, you realize that all this earthly stuff doesn't mean anything. It's, it's all about Jesus and, and um, what are we going to do with the gift that God gave us. And, and you have a circle of influence. You know people that we don't know. And you have, you have built up uh, respect from those people. They care. They, they'll listen to you. And I can guarantee if you go share Jesus with them with love and keep loving on them and pray for them. I know, I'm not minimizing the prayer part, by the way. My testimony included Rick witnessing to me with the Holy Spirit and six months of prayer. And then I, I gave my heart to Jesus, right? So I'm not minimizing that. That's in a whole other topic, right? And those of you that are doing that, that's great. We should all do that. And part of witnessing, by the way, makes you want to pray more because you meet people like the firemen in hell. Right? I mean, my heart's heavy for that man because uh, he's not going to be doing a successful job there putting out fires. And so... Well, I went longer than I, I should have. I'm sorry. You guys stick, stuck with me. I'm good at starting and not good at stopping. And um, so I hope I encourage you know, someone out there tonight um, just to go share Jesus. Um, don't let the devil tell you not that he's going to try to stop you. The first time you do it, he's going to try to stop you and tell you you were an idiot. That was terrible. You know, you could never do this. And why did you think you could do it? He's a liar. He steals, kills, and destroys. He does not want you reaching people for Jesus. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.